This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. If you or someone you know is ready to quit smoking, consider making the trip to your local pharmacy because there are lots of options to help support your efforts to quit and to improve your chances of success. And remember, for most people, doesn't work the first time. You have to kind of uh, go through it a few times before it works. I am here with pharmacist John Papasturgio of the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and we're going to talk about some of the tools and the resources that are available. Some are prescription, some are over-the-counter, Plus, really important here, something we talk about all the time, uh, we need to know about how smoking uh, and quitting smoking is going to affect what you're doing with your other medications. Of course, he's going to answer all your questions, even if they're related to something different. So the number is to call 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-744-740. John, welcome. Thanks for being here. great to be back. Okay, John. So uh, what are some of the array of uh, smoking cessation aids? Yeah, so it's pretty exciting to be here as a pharmacist and announce that, you know, for the last few years, we've been able to actually prescribe now in the pharmacies for smoking cessation. It was uh, advanced scope that was given to pharmacists in Ontario. And it's one of those areas I think the public still isn't so aware that we're able to do. So historically, what we have... In, in community pharmacies was the kind of the nicotine replacement product. So uh, the lozenges, the gums, the patches, those were available. You could just buy them if you had questions. You know, you could speak to your pharmacist. They'd help kind of walk you through it. What came subsequent to that was the prescribing authority. So now we could prescribe for Champex, so, which is a medication that's it's an oral medication that's used to help you quit smoking. Uh, um, Zyban's another one, not used as commonly anymore, but it still is available and we're able to prescribe for that. So pretty much the pharmacist now has a whole arsenal available to them. And, you know, if it's something you're thinking about doing and you probably should be thinking of doing if you're a smoker, get in there and talk to your pharmacist and they can help guide you. Okay. And uh, is it a case where if you have tried one thing and uh, it didn't work or you you got off the wagon that you try something different? Or is it just a matter that this is something you have to, it's hard? It's a great question. And it is hard. And, you know, you touched upon it already. Most smokers don't quit the first time. It's very, very difficult to quit cold turkey as well. Um, so, yeah, a lot of times it is working with the patient to, deba- to kind of decide what's the most customized approach we could use that fits within that patient's lifestyle. So maybe for uh, you know a certain patient, it's easy to put on a patch and they, they, they find that convenient and they don't worry about it. For others, they like kind of that hand-to-mouth feeling of smoking. They're used to that, so the gum works very well. In terms of efficacy, kind of, 
the oral medication Champex is still the most efficacious product out there. Uh, I tend to recommend that if a patient is willing to go on an oral medication, generally that's uh, uh, what we recommend in our pharmacy, and we're able to write the prescription for the patient there, as long as they don't have any other medications that would be contraindicated or drug interactions or anything like that. But um, like you said, there's many different approaches. It really is customized. Okay. Uh, we have uh, Wayne in London. And uh, Wayne, you want to ask about something else, right? Hello, Wayne. Hi. I would like to ask the pharmacist, on April 11th of this year, I had bleeding from the bowel. And I've been on naproxen since my 20s, and now I'm in my 60s. After that, they told me no anti-inflammatories, no naproxen, no nothing. What would your pharmacist recommend me to do? So what was the reason you were taking the naproxen? I, yeah, I've taken naproxen since my 20s and then my 60s. And, and I had bleeding in my bowel this past 11th of April. Yeah, but sure. what were you taking it for? What were you taking I was, it for? I have, rheumat- I have ankylosing spondylitis. Okay. Yeah, no, so... Uh, very common side effect uh, around chronic NSAID use. So naproxen is an NSAID. It's an anti-inflammatory. If you're taking it for a long, long period of time, it yep. does predispose you not only to bleeding, but it can affect your kidney function and everything over time. So we want to be cautious how long uh, you're on those products for. There are a lot of new therapies for ankylizing spondylosis right now. Have you ever tried a biologic? Have they ever talked to you yes, about I that? Yes, i Humira. And that did, that did help no, at all? I or? had no luck, sir. And I, I've also taken Cosentix. So you've tried pretty much uh, uh, yeah. almost all no of them right now. Them. Yeah, no, no, I'm surprised that you had no benefit uh, on those. Uh, so it, that was the only therapy that they had prescribed to stay on the NSAID? Yes. Well, all they told me to do is take my pain medication. Yeah. I, so, I, I, I miss my anti-inflammatory, but I can no longer take them. Yeah, and it depends, you know, a lot of times uh, uh, when you start therapy, if you've gone too long before the start of therapy, it's hard to reverse the damage that's already been done, and that's what may have happened in this case. I mean, if you're managing the pain, I'd recommend stay off the NSAID now. You've had a bleed. That puts you at risk for a subsequent bleed, particularly as you get older. Have you tried uh, plain Tylenol or Tylenol with codeine or anything like that? Uh, Tylenol. Tylenol arthritis, what's your comments on it? Yeah, does it help? I mean, as long as you stay less than four grams a day, you'll, uh, you're within that kind of safe range. It's not going to affect your liver. And if you find it's managing the pain, I think for you it's going to be a lot better than taking an anti-inflammatory. Oh, yeah, I can't take pain. anti-inflammatories. They're out, sir. No way. I won't touch them again. Good, mm. good. Yeah, well, try the, tylen- the plain Tylenol. Uh, you know, take it regularly, so every six hours or so. Every six hours. Yeah, okay. and that should help uh, manage the pain. And okay. listen, if, if that's not working. There are other options. We could go up in terms of potency of medications, but then we're talking about getting into kind of uh, the more mild opioids and whatnot, and we want to try to avoid that until we see how you do on the plain Tylenol. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. No problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Let's go to Ida in Mississauga. Hi, Ida. Hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? Um, Very hot. I was (laughs) just out working in the yard too much. (laughs) It's too hot. Anyway, my question is, what does the pharmacist think about the uh, vapor cigarettes? You know, the ones that, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a, an interesting question. So uh, kind of the, the vaping form of, uh, of inhaling nicotine, right? I mean... Well, no, apparently, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> for interrupting, but my, um, as far as I knew, nicotine was not allowed... In Canada, in these 
Yeah, I think you could still get get the solutions that you put in there with nicotine and other things as well. The reality is if you're vaping, just plain vaping, I mean, it's obviously better uh, than smoking. Mm-hmm. Smoking, you get the carcinogens from the combustion in that cigarette, so it's not just the nicotine, it's everything Excuse else. Excuse me there. while I light up here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, generally we, we what we're seeing with vaping, unfortunately, is you're seeing it uh, in the adolescence, and it could be act as a gateway, and that's what our concern is. You start getting them smoking other things uh, down the line. We haven't seen any decrease in the number of people in Ontario that do smoke since the introduction of uh, these vaporizers, right? We're still sitting at around 17 18%. Wow, still. Still, which is really high. We haven't been able to do anything about that number. over. Like With all this focus that we put on smoking cessation, it's kind of sat there for the last like five or six years. Um, you know, and... Uh, that the, that stretch between male and uh, female smokers is kind of really narrowed, and it's getting closer. Whereas historically, way more men smoke than women, and now we're seeing that uh, it's uh, women. Closer. Yeah, that's uh, uh, <laughs> that's very unfortunate. And of course, uh, the biggest. Uh, Cancer killer is lung cancer. Right. Not everybody gets it because they smoke, but most people do. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we go to break, John, just uh, can you just tell us a little bit about interactions? Yeah. So, if you're quitting smoking. Yeah. What you know, one of the the, the more common interactions, and um, when you smoke, it actually induces those enzymes enzymes that clear medications, right? So you have more of them around. So as a smoker, you're sometimes clearing other medications faster. You're also clearing caffeine faster as well. And this is important because for those smokers that are thinking of quitting, if you drink a lot of coffee, and many of them do, right, what happens is as you quit smoking, your ability to clear that caffeine becomes less and less uh, quick. So what happens is all of a sudden this caffeine builds up and you get the caffeine toxicity, which a lot of times mimics the withdrawal effect of smoking, right? So you have people that are thinking, oh, I'm getting this withdrawal from smoking. No, it's actually because you're, you're, you're overloading on caffeine now because you're not clearing it as quickly, right? There are many drug interactions. Uh, uh, you know, I sp- spoke about biologics before, right? Some of these biologic medications, which are very, very expensive. One of the things we try to do is get patients that are smoking to quit smoking before they go on them because he's, you're paying for this expensive drug, but your body's been induced to clear the medication much more quickly than, than it would otherwise. So you're actually not getting the max effect of these very expensive biologics. So well, and, uh, you know, you mentioned caffeine. So yeah. for a lot of people, it's the, part of the habit part. It's like a ritual. It's right. a coffee and a cigarette. So do you recommend that people cut back on caffeine at the same time, or is that sort of too much? We try, and, you know, we try to tell them to switch to decaf if they can. Uh, if they can't do that, minimize the note, like maybe mix a decaf in with the regular caffeinated coffee. I mean, the goal is to reduce it because you're going to get that toxicity if you stop smoking, for sure, if you're drinking a lot of coffee. And it's, it, it, like I said, you're going to get the tremors. It's going to mask uh, uh, withdrawal. And, uh, you know, it, it confuses the healthcare provider as well. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zuma Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with John Papasturgio, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. And we're talking about 
quitting smoking, uh, 17% of the population still smokes. And we're talking about a lot of the thinking around how to do it has changed because it used to be the idea was, okay, uh, bite the bullet, quit turkey, quit cold turkey, which is very difficult. Um, And now we want to talk about the idea that it usually takes a few tries before you can make it stick because it's a very hard thing to do. There's nothing wrong with that. So actually, people, uh, I'd like to know from you, how many times did you have to try to quit smoking before you were successful? And what in the end made you successful? Uh, Also, of course, John is here to take your questions about the AIDS for quitting smoking and anything else you have on your mind. The number is 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. And again, you know, how many times did it take before you were successful? Yeah, I mean, uh, very, very common for patients to try multiple times before they successfully quit. We used to have this concept of, you know, pick a quick quit date, you know, work your way up to that quit date. And when that quit date hits, you just stop smoking and see what happens, right? You'll either use an aid or wouldn't. But right now there's this idea of uh, reduce to quit. And it's the concept of, hey, uh, you know, if you're not going to be able to stop cold turkey, maybe even reducing the number of cigarettes by half or a third, you're still getting some benefit there. And we know uh, that's still a good thing for your overall health. So this has become more accepted kind of in in practice when when we talk about quitting smoking. But but here's the question I have. Okay, so you reduce, right? But does that stick or is it easier to climb back up? Does it climb back up? Yeah. So our goal, I mean, when you think about quit rates, these numbers aren't great. Even on like the most effective therapies, the quit rates are about, you know, 20 to 25 percent. Like you're not, many of our patients are trying to quit, but they're not succeeding. Uh, uh, it, it is a real powerful addiction and to get off uh, takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, and you have to be re- really committed to it. Okay. Uh, let's go to Paul in the car. Hi, Paul. Hi. How are you today? Fine. How are you? Good. Thank you. I'm a former smoker, and uh, I been about just over 30 years now that I haven't smoked. Oh, that's uh, awesome. But believe it or not, you still dream about it. It's an addiction, that's for sure. Um, But for myself, I agree with you. It took me uh, a few tries to stop. I uh, did the patch. I did uh, the the acupuncture in the ear. I did uh, the gum. The only thing that it comes down to is the willpower. And you have to force yourself and you have to just say, you know what, i got to do it. Yep, there's a lot of different strategies. But if you don't have that willpower and that urge to quit, uh, you're really going to struggle with it. And, you know, another thing we find is those patients that are most successful at quitting, unfortunately, they have some type of event. Like they'll have, you know, a heart attack or they'll be told they have high blood pressure or something will happen that they just realize, wow, like this is really a problem. And, and then they've get, they get that incentive to quit. But our goal as healthcare providers is to try to get you to that point before something happen so it's great to see that you were able to do it uh yeah, on your own was, yeah there was an event uh if you have a second uh, yeah. i mean with me my father uh, got sick and he got lung cancer oh. and then uh you know just before that happened uh, he was a smoker and i said pa i said why don't we both quit smoking yeah. and um i ended we both had a last cigarette at home and then we threw the cigarettes away but uh, unfortunately he continued to smoke 
Um, and he ended up getting lung cancer and uh, passing away. So Sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was very, very uh, hard on us. But, um, yeah, uh, I mean, people should look at that. Smoking is not good. Yeah, and, and you know, if you talk to a patient that's gone through, through something like that, they, if only I would have quit. And yeah. it's, you know, it's that regret. I think we all know that smoking is not good for you. But until, unfortunately, you have something tragic like that happen, a, a lot of times we still don't believe it. Okay, Paul, thank you for uh, sharing your story. Let's go to Hal in Kitchener. Hi, Hal. Yeah, hi, you guys. I just wanted to let you know about what my incentive was when I quit years ago. I, uh, I made a $50 bet with a customer of mine. And uh, I won the bet. I never did collect the money. Oh. I quit smoking. Uh, well, the, you 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 got a, a a big benefit. I'd say if if a fifty buck bet can do it, you're getting off easy. Well, she she uh, she started smoking. I didn't know about it because, of course, I wasn't following her every day. But uh, anyway, as I said, I won the bet. Yeah, and you know, what, even though I didn't get the money, <laughs> what I we, won because I quit smoking. What we find works as well is is yeah, creating some type of incentive for yourself, taking that money that you would. Uh, you know, otherwise spend on cigarettes, and it's quite a bit right now, oh, putting absolutely. it in a jar and say, hey, you know what, maybe I'm going to take a, my dream trip to Antigua or something like that. I mean, yeah. use it's, a, what, what does the pack of cigarettes cost now I, anyway? I don't even know, but it's I, pretty expensive, I think. Yeah, I can't afford them. Yeah. Okay, I, we, well, that, that's actually good news. We don't even know what it costs. Yeah, no. but it, it, is, it is quite expensive because they're taxed so high, I guess. Good yeah. show. Take care, you guys. Okay, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay, okay. Bye-bye. we've got Ted in Muskoka. Hi, Ted. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? Fine, thank you. I'm a former smoker. I was smoking, I quit smoking in the 70s. I'm 77 years old. But I just wanted to make a comment that Mark Twain once said, it's easy to quit smoking. I've done it hundreds of times. (laughs) So that's all I wanted to pass on. I'm glad you called in. And yeah, the goal is really to stay quit and that's always the harder part of it well you yeah. know and and uh the callers we've heard from today have uh, you know there this is well in the past for them yeah yeah and i think uh you know as healthcare providers kind of one of our goals is to try to just make sure we're asking patients simply asking a patient if they smoke we find helps quit rates in general i think a lot of people are looking for help they don't know you know who to approach they don't know how to tackle it and i think we've got to do a better job of just asking the question and hey are you considering quitting and if not now maybe we'll revisit it in six months or whatever and are people honest I think, no, you know, it's uh, one of those <laughs> I things, think they lie about I, it, too. I, I, I talk to my staff pharmacist, and I'm like, hey, you should ask everyone if they smoke, just like you ask their age, you know, do they have high blood pressure? When I'm you're not taking... telling you that, John. Yeah, yeah, well, but, yeah and it's the same thing. Uh, some of my pharmacists will say, well, the patients get mad if I ask if they smoke, right? And uh, it's always the, the smokers that get mad, so that's what I say. Hey, if they got mad, you know they smoke. Put it on their profile, right? Okay. <laughs> and uh, we, we have a note from... Uh, our crack production team, <laughs> approximately $12 for a pack of wow. cigarettes. Of wow. Yeah. Wow, that's, uh, that's a lot. Let's go Expensive to habit. Joan in Oshawa. Hi, Joan. Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. I quit smoking in 1982, and I haven't had a cigarette since. Good, Good for you. Good for and you. I was up to almost three packages a day. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that's a lot of cigarettes, yeah. That is. And uh, they were filtered, but still. 
And we know that does nothing. Yeah, we know filtering does nothing. Oh my God, no filter yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. Like that, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know this idea of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the callers have quit and they quit a long time ago, yeah. right? That's a, a real good news story because we know from the literature that if you're able to quit earlier on, your, your, your survival rate goes pretty much right back to where it was before you were uh, a smoker. That being said, if you wait till later in life to quit, you don't get many of those years back. And I'm talking about averages, but the reality is uh, the earlier you quit, the, 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 the more likely you are to live a long, happy life. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was in, uh, I was in my uh, 30s. Okay. 30s. Good. Good for, I quit. Good that's you. that's good for you. Thanks very much. Uh, let's go to Glenn in Pickering. Hi, Glenn. Good morning. Glenn. Good afternoon. Oh, is it really? It's twelve fifty-four. See what cigarettes do to you. Uh, are you still smoker? <laughs> no, but uh, I went through in nineteen ninety-eight a quadruple bypass because of smoking. Wow. And I'm still left with COPD, which I'll have until I turnover and uh so when i quit i uh, i took up sex <laughs> <laughs> well that's that that's healthy it, anyway it now i need the pharmacist to give me a pill so i can <laughs> wean myself off of that uh, i'm sure we could find a couple <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh fear is one good way yep. of having people quit and uh, just because you're not dying of lung cancer Believe me, there's other... Uh, well, it's it's a whole host of other things, uh, all kinds of heart disease, stroke. Yep. Um, yeah, it's every... This is... Okay, this is the absolutely worst thing that you can do for yourself. Absolutely. Bar none, not... Edit, I mean, even if you don't care about your health, if you're shallow and you care about the way you look, mm-hmm. it ages you, oh, your yeah. teeth get black. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's just bad. It's yeah. Worst habit. There's okay. nothing good you can say about it. Okay, Glenn, thanks for that. All right, take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Karen in Dundalk. Hi, Karen. Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine, how are you? Good, good. I started smoking at age 12. My mother smoked a pack a day, and she herself started at 16. Um, so I smoked for 46 years, tried everything under the sun to quit, the puffers, the champix, the, the patches, everything. And for me, it finally, so it'll be four years for me next month. That Congratulations. I that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. With success. And for me, it became... Um, I watched my mother die at 62 of her second brain aneurysm. Her first one was 45, and the oh. second one was 62 that she succumbed to. And I really think that's a fancy name for a stroke. And some cigarette packages now say uh, smoking causes strokes. So I think smoking killed her in the end. She was a two-pack-a-dayer by the time she left. And as I approached my 60th birthday, which was four years ago next month, I said, I don't want to die at 62 of this, and I'm going to give myself the gift of quitting smoking for my 60th birthday. That's my gift to myself. And it, it's just kind of a, maybe you have to have that association of losing someone that you loved from it, or just that raw determination and, and surrender and resignation that I don't need this. I, I love myself more than this. Even if it takes 60 years, you know, like it's never, like my doctor said, 
it's never too late to it, quit. It, it isn't. And, and Karen, thank you so much for sharing sure. your story. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. You're welcome. And, and uh, yeah, next month is four years, and I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. That's excellent. <laughs> We're happy about it, too. Thank Congrats. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, and uh, that's all the time we have for today. John, 20 seconds. Anything else you want to leave us with? Yeah, just one last thing. Uh, you know, it was out in the media for quite a while that Champex, the kind of the most common smoking cessation aid, uh, you know, uh, wasn't safe if you were on other, like antidepressants or other medications. We finally have the results of something called the Eagle Study showed no difference, safe to use. So if you're on other meds and you were worried about taking Champex, talk to your pharmacist. Okay, talk to your pharmacist. Always a good plan. And John Papasturgio, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Thanks so much. It's great being here. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.